Hello, people of the Wired. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Medicine Pie. And I'm your uh, other host, DJ uh, Quarter. <laughs> and you're listening to Bonus Features Podcast. We have tons to tell you. We have a heck of a heck of a show. So heck this a show. is a podcast about animation and music. Animation and music. Yeah, we talk. We we we, we sure do watch that. We watch that and we watch we, that a lot. And this is why we are credible. And we listen to music. That's why we. You should trust us. We are yeah. a very credible source. We're probably We're two of the biggest weebs in Soda City, but we don't drive around that truck. That, Which that um, Oni Chan <laughs> car. Oh, <laughs> I know the guy who owns that car. I know. <laughs> Sad. So that's why this show is important because we need to make a voice for you know those underrepresented weeaboos yeah. out there. We need more weeb punks. Letting that's just so me. But if you support weeb punks, then keep listening to the rest of this podcast because we have a lot of bonus features for you. We. The crystal gems will always save the day. And if you think we can't, we'll always find a way. That's why the people of this world believe in Garnet Amazon. Okay, guys, today we're going to be talking about Steven Universe. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about first. We'll, we got some more things for you to talk about later. So... Steven Universe, Meta Senpai, that's a show that we've been watching for a while. I believe since like 2014. Yeah. I've been watching it for a long time. It came out in 2014. No, 2013. It was 2013. Yeah, you're right. So uh, so I was watching it for a long time and I think I I may have introduced it to you. I don't remember. I know you've heard of it, but I had heard of it, but I hadn't started like actually watching it until we watched it. Um, until you had like every episode and we started watching it. But um, yeah, Steven Universe, it's created by Cartoon Network and Rebecca Sugar. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Rebecca Sugar? All right, so Rebecca Sugar, she is from Maryland. She's an American animator, director, screenwriter, producer, and songwriter. She kind of does everything. So she's the, actually the first woman to have independently created a show for Cartoon Network. And uh, she'd worked with Cartoon Network before. She was formerly a writer and storyboard artist on Adventure Time, and she also used to write some songs for it. She first joined the crew of Adventure Time as a storyboard revisionist during the show's first season. Within a month of being hired, she was promoted to storyboard artist. So she made her debut during the production of the in, in the second season of the series and the episode it came from the nightosphere which was actually nominated for yeah. a an emmy that's yes that was a really great episode that is the one with marceline in it right yes that is the one with marceline yes i love her um so yeah so she's and i found out today she's she's actually only 30 so like yeah she's, so she's like still very young yeah 
she, when she was doing all of this, she was in her she 20s. She was a youngin', yes. So, like... Because when Adventure Time, second season, that was back in... That was... Forever ago. Honestly, like, 2012, like, yeah. 2011. So, like, yeah, she's she's been... She's on her ish. Like, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> We're making music. What is the point? You're not making anything. Well, if it isn't anything, then why does it sound so good? I suppose it's just Steven Universe. So I heard about it from there was this YouTube video that was like seven new shows that might be on Cartoon Network. And like Steven Universe was one of them and another one was um uh, it wasn't Gumball. It was something Clarence. Else. It was Clarence, yes. Yeah. Wow, you're 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 brilliant. I'm a nerd. Yeah, you're a nerd, <laughs> but you're a brilliant nerd. <laughs> yeah, because those shows ca- those shows were being um, were being what do you call it, advertised at the, around the same time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was like a few other ones that weren't as good. Anyway, so that's when I found out about it. But then we didn't actually watch it until like 2014. But yeah. um, I had been keeping up with it from. Cause I'd watched, I remember watching the actual season, like the show premiere. So, and then I, I, I wanted other people to watch it, as you should have, yes. as we still do. So, to tell you a little bit about the show, Steven Universe is a how old is he? Is he ten? I believe he is ten. He's well, ten. He's grown a lot. Since, yeah, because he, he's actually aging. He's which aging. Is amazing. Because he's a human. Actually, he might be. He might have been older than ten. But at the start of the show? At the start of the show, I believe he was 10, but now he's like actually yeah, aged. Yeah, so he's older now, but at yeah. the beginning of the show, he's a 10-year-old boy who lives in a seaside temple with three crystal gems. And these crystal gems are basically like, how would you describe them? They're like, they're kind of, they're aliens. Yeah, they're, they're outer space, and they're outer space people. Aliens. Aliens. Outer space people. So we have three outer space people, Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl, and they kind of act as Steven's guardians. And so they are crystal gems. They are gems that project these humanoid figures so that they can like- Using light. Using light to like walk around and exist on Earth. But Steven is also a crystal gem, but he's also a human, so he's like both. So the four of them together, their sole purpose, or not their sole purpose, but their main purpose in the show is to protect Earth from other gems because there are more gems out there in the universe and we find out that they wanna colonize Earth and use it to harvest gems and all sorts of not good stuff. Uh, yes. Not good. Which is, which is <laughs> why, because that was originally what was happening. So then the crystal gems were like, that's whack. That's whack. And yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of like this whole mythology of like the the gems and their earth, like how they what they wanted to do with earth. But where we start the story, we we begin the story with Stephen, kind of like as he's figuring out all of this stuff. Because up and before the story starts, he doesn't know like anything about no. crystal gems or like the war the intergalactic war or whatever the like or yeah. just the gyms the, in general. he doesn't the, know anything the rebellion like the he rebellion, doesn't he doesn't yeah. even know about 
any of this, which is why yes. it's so cool to watch, like, him learn all about that stuff. So we're watching it, like, with him. Like, we're growing up with him, essentially, because he's, like, aging as the show goes on. Kind of like Adventure Time, because isn't Finn that way? I'm not sure. I haven't. He, like, grows up. Yeah, he's um, definitely gotten older. For yeah. sure, I'm just not sure exactly how. I haven't kept up with Adventure Time for years now. I haven't either. But yeah, there's like eight seasons now. It's crazy. Anyway, so what should we talk about first, Medicine Pie? A huge part of the show is, so we know that they're gems, but then we find out that the gems confuse with each other. Oh, yep. Kind of like if you've ever seen the show Dragon Ball Z. You know what a fusion is. You know what a fusion dance is. The dances. That their dances are a they lot dance, better. They dance, yeah. But they, these they're dances actually, are yeah. better. They're, they're actually say. good at dancing. Yeah. Everyone in the show's good at dancing. So the gems fuse together, but it's usually they have to be synchronized in their dancing. Like like mentally and, and they have emotionally. To, yeah. They have to be mentally and emotionally comfortable and just with able to yeah. compatible with each other. The purpose of fusing is to they become stronger. Mm-hmm. They become stronger. They kind of their personalities kind of meld together. Mm-hmm. They use it to like overcome their like whatever task is in front of them, like whatever issues they have. Usually, to fight someone that's like that they need to fuse someone stronger. It's just cool because it has, it's like infinite possibilities of, because when I saw the first, like, when I first learned about it, Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crud. So there's like a limitless, like, fusions that could be happening. Because anyone, if you have a gym, you can fuse with another person with a gym. Yeah, so I was like, any of these characters can fuse with each other, and it's wild. Um... So, before we, I guess, it would have been better to start talking about, like, just, like, the origin of the show. We probably should have had, yeah. But it's okay. Well, we can always, like, switcheroo. So, basically, Rebecca, she wanted to do a show with, like, very strong females in it. Yes, she w- and she wanted a show that was that was more representative of uh, people that don't always get a spotlight in, uh, you know, typical cartoons and various yeah. media. Yeah, like women sometimes and like... <laughs> yeah, women, queers and... Yeah, like she wanted it to be like a show that boys and girls could both watch and like it, both of them could like relate to the show and see themselves on screen. Steven, her brother's name is actually Steven. And I, I believe... Yeah, her her real-life brother's name is Steven, yeah. Yeah. She modeled Steven after after him as like, a kid, yeah. I'm a, so, Steven is her brother Steven, but basically, like, the 10-year-old version of her brother, which is cool. And um, so she just... Ha- she had this idea where she wanted to have, like... I think there was a list of things that she wanted the, there to be. So she wanted there to be, like, music dancing sword fighting and there was like everything she thought was cool basically like everything she, she thought was, younger, was cool probably now like yeah pretty much threw everything she thought was cool into a show it was like there you go 
Like we said earlier, working for Adventure Time, she was a storyboard artist, but she also wrote a lot of the songs for it too. Yep, a lot. I, I think I think a good chunk of the best songs she ended up writing. I feel like because she was so talented in both, that's kind of why she got that chance to like pitch her idea to Cartoon yeah. Network. Yeah, I mean, she'd already had a relationship with the company and she already clearly had a lot of talent. And so she pitched her idea and... Yeah. And then they managed to, to make a pilot. I think she worked with, I'm gonna mess up his name. Ian Jones Cordy. She did him, but Genin Tarakovsky. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He helped her revise her pitch. So, like, whenever you pitch something to a company or to anything, like any sort of pitch, it has to just be very concise and very, like, like you should be able to, like, you know, it's called an elevator pitch for a reason. Like, you should be yeah. able to explain everything in 30 seconds in the time that it takes to go, to ride an elevator. So he helped her with that a lot, like, and... That was just one name off the top of my head that's like a for anyone who knows who that is he's worked with dexter's labs mm -hmm. um pretty much every samurai jack yeah i just like had a brain fart samurai jack a bunch of stuff powerpuff girls so he was already clearly like a very well-known director writer animator for cartoon network and he helped her like develop her idea to the point where it was ready to be pitched in front of the network executives, which is awesome. Cause like we said, she's the first like woman to have a series. She's the first like female showrunner and the first woman to creator of a show on Cartoon Network. So that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. Yeah, it got greenlit and well, they made a pilot and the animation was very different. For it, had a, it had a weird, like, it reminded me of a show that you might have seen on, like, maybe an adult Cartoon Network channel or something. Like, it was just really comic booky. Just the way the colors, the color, all the colors were really dark. Like, 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 now, like now it's all, like, light and mm -hmm. there's like a lot of hues, but, like, the animation like if you style. you painted something with all the default colors in Microsoft Right, Paint. right. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. That, that could have been what the, what happened. People do that all the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it got greenlit. And then at one, once they actually got some sort of budget for it, it became mm -hmm. this huge thing with bright color. It's very well known for having very vibrant background scenes, very diverse character designs, and... Yeah, we've got the, the great music. Yeah, we got the the art book in here. The art book is in front of us right now, and the backgrounds are gorgeous. Everything's animated very well. The music is ridiculous. Let's kind of talk about the feelings in this show. Yeah. So yeah, for a cartoon. A cartoon network. Whenever I think of a Cartoon Network cartoon, I think of like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, you know, like Powerpuff Girls, mm -hmm. like Adventure Time. Like, I think uh, of all yeah. of those things. And uh, aside from Adventure Time, none of them are super like 
emotional or like make you really feel yeah. any strong emotion. I think Adventure Time kind of set the But bar. she she worked for that show, so yeah. I feel like I can't use that as an example. But anyway, you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Compared to most other shows, like there's not really like a feelsy aspect to it. Yeah. Or it doesn't it doesn't deal with situations that are sensitive and like everything else is very kid friendly, but this show has very like adult themes, which is great for kids. Great, not adult in a yeah. bad way. No, but it's it's, it's handled all. in a way to a, a kid can understand. Yeah, things people are so scared to like admit mm. that. So the stuff that's handled, it's handled in Adventure Time in a way that a kid could very much understand what is going on, and. Right, and, and, it's and to, to like, an adult, it's just like, for us, it's like, oh wow, no other show is handling these. It's like, oh wow, as this responsibly. Is, this is on TV right now. Right, exactly. Like my kids watching this. No, that's really cool that like they can create a show that's like appeals to kids and people in their twenties and thirties yep. and forties. In fifties and sixties, yeah, and seventy. I know, I know, I will. Who, buddy? It's kind of like, like we said, there's a mythology and like, it's kind of dark. Yeah, it, you, it, the show has a very dark uh, premise behind it in general. What with war and yeah, har you know, harvesting a planet for, for. devious means and <laughs> exactly. And so I think one of the biggest darkest things are, that's in this show that like is really heavy I sound like an idiot explaining this but well, like, I heard I heard like a lot and I was like let's go <laughs> Rose Quartz <laughs> let's talk about Rose Quartz oh bless her heart because Steven is Rose Quartz but yes. Rose Quartz is Steven's mom so and she's not around but like how does that work so Basically, Rose Quartz was the leader of the rebellion and of the Crystal Gems. She was kind of their protector and like overall like voice of reason. Yeah, so she was a warrior along with Pearl, Amethyst, and Garnet. They were the four Crystal Gems. And, and then yeah. this rebellion started. And basically, when we start the series, you have Steven. And we know that he has a gem. He has the rose quartz gem inside of him, but and, it's and they explain that in a very sit like dumbed down like your mom gave up her physical form to make you, and basically rose quartz just loved, uh, started to fall in love with Earth and how cool humans are and how diverse each human was, and was just like she started to experience or feel like emotions that typical gems don't feel yeah. and she wanted to kind of bring her own version of like a life into that world so, so that's why her and uh that's why she decided to you know give up herself to make a human baby to make a human <laughs> yes kind of um, in a way like create but also like a part of herself is in steven in the form of her gym. Her gym is in his belly button. Yes. But so in order for Steven to exist, she could not right. exist. 
so that's why he has her crystal in his in his stomach and Stephen's father is another weird thing that I think is like I, I don't want to say hard for kids to understand but like it's something that adults don't want kids to like think about but it's so prevalent so like Stephen's dad he's a human and he fell in love with a crystal gem and then they had a kid together but like now his mom Rose Quartz is gone and so now Stephen just has his dad Greg but Greg knows nothing about like no, being is, a gem or he's absolutely the rebellion or anything. So his dad's essentially a deadbeat. Like he lives in a van. And we talked about this before, but like he live in the so van. he's essentially a pancake. The bag of potatoes. Okay, well let's yeah. Where were you at? <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was saying. But, Sorry. <laughs> um I was just saying that um so Steven's dad, Greg is a human and like he knows about the gems he knows garnet amethyst and pearl he knows that steven has the rose quartz gem inside of him like he knows all of that stuff but like he can't fight he's a human he can't he's very simple he's just very he's a very simple person and he lives in a van and like so he like he's a deadbeat dad essentially yes he is a like, he is a version of a deadbeat dad. Like no matter how sweet and nice he is, he is a deadbeat dad. And he's 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 not he's around, but not really. Like cause Steven's not living with him. Yeah. Steven is living with the crystal gems. Greg is only there every now and again. And so, her, I feel like Rebecca is giving a decent. Their her commentary on the family structure is like very present in the show because I remember in one episode like they talk about how Connie's parents are very like parents like right very very her parents are yeah. like so anal and like love her so much but also like very like they're strict strict overbearing yeah. and they're very overbearing strict. and yeah. very strict whereas Steven lives with his three crystal gems and yeah. they're yeah Rebecca said in the book that she essentially wanted the, each gem to like be they're they they act as his siblings essentially like right they're essentially his three older sisters and the three types of siblings that you can have or in her opinion is um you know you have like a you all, you either have like a distant sibling or you have a very bossy sibling that like wants to tell you what to do or you have a sibling, sibling who's always trying to get you into trouble that that's trying to get you into yeah. trouble and isn't a good um role, role model. model so she wanted to like play on that dynamic between siblings even though Steven's not they're not siblings but like she wanted to play on that right because there's a lot of families out there that are that are not the yeah. typical like and mom and dad structure nuclear family yeah it was that same episode with Connie where they were talking about the textbook nuclear family with um 2.5 kids right <laughs> but um she definitely plays on that all right so we're back we took a little 5 second intermission but we're back and up next we're going to talk about Ruby but we're just gonna say that we really love Steven Universe. 
I would want to talk about it more, but I know I'm going to start rambling. So yeah, we're just going to tell you that this show is great. It's just very, it's kind of progressive, but like at the same time, it's really chill too. Like it's, it can be both. It's yeah, just it's, it's, I, I, I believe the show is very important for today, especially kids. Kids who, watching it. Who yeah. need to learn about certain things like this because it's not taught, like no one th- thinks to teach their kids about this kind of stuff. I just think yeah. it's important to like. I think it's really yeah. cool. Like it, and the show touches on a lot of different things like we talked about, like family and like feelings. I think it does a good job talking, mentioning, or just like dealing with gender and like stuff like that, which is things that I think kids need to be thinking about. Yeah. And I think that it should be in their cartoons, just like nothing political, but just like why? Do, why? Because this is just normal stuff. It's just like there's a taboo against talking about stuff, but like it doesn't have to be. <laughs> and this stuff is just, it's not a political, it's just, it's just real life. Like yeah, we sound exists. very vague because we're trying not to reveal any spoilers. Right. But if you've seen the show, then you you kind of have an idea of what we're referring to. But there's a lot of great stuff in this show. I would recommend it to anyone wanting to watch a cartoon that's not that's very you know action adventure, but also not like a shonen or not or like a it's superhero not, show. Right. It's not dumbed down. It's very mm-hmm. it's very thought provoking while also having action and yeah. beauty and it's very, very good show. And songs and very oh, the songs are the songs fired. are top tier. Top the top is top is tier. Actual I pre ordered the vinyl. I actually pre ordered You pre ordered the vinyl. <laughs> I sure did, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Steven Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You hope. Okay, this is good. Good, good, good. Good. Very good. Stop it. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Bonus Features Podcast, and we're back. We took a little a little roundabout. Yeah, walked around. We walked around, stretched our legs, yeah. watched a video. We watched a YouTube video about Wolves of the Blaze Blue game. Yeah, guess who's in the new Blaze Blue game, nerds? Guess. We won't tell you until you guess. Yeah, okay. freaking. Yeah, just guess. Ah! Okay, we'll tell you. Okay. It's Ruby. It's Ruby. It's Ruby Rose. Ruby's in the Ruby's Ruby the Rose from game. the show Ruby, which is uh, That's I mean, it, it's been it's been news for a second, but it's still still gets me hyped. I didn't even know until just now. That's awesome. Blaze yep. Blue, Blaze Blue is such a big game. Ruby's on and the like, come up. Ruby, Ruby up. There's no come up. No, Ruby's she's been up. up. I'm all the way up. Okay, anyway, we're going to talk about Ruby now. W. Wow. Good start. It's R W B Y. <laughs> As you can see, I'm the better host. <laughs> Ruby 
R W B Y. No. <laughs> Don't try to redeem yourself. Ruby. R W B Y. But it's pronounced like Ruby, like you know, like the like Pokemon Ruby. Like Pokemon Ruby. It's an American anime style web series and media franchise, as you can see, based off the fact that it's in a Blaze Blue game. Yes. Ruby. RWBY is an American anime style web series and media franchise created by Montium. And he's an American web-based animator and writer. And he scripted and produced several crossover fighting video series, drawing the attention of internet production company Rooster Teeth, who hired him and who he worked for. And so first started with Red versus Blue. Yes, and, and everyone then, pretty much knows. If you if you play video games or yeah. are a fan of YouTube. It was on Netflix, so like... Is it? Oh, that's sick. It I was. Yeah, Ruby was also on Netflix. Yes, yes. But um, Red vs. Blue was on Netflix, because I remember seeing it and being like, what? <laughs> yeah, because that's some old... That, that's good. So old. Yeah, that's so old. And so Ruby is basically... How would you describe the, like basic premise of Ruby. Ruby is very it's it's very anime in the in the setting and the uh, you know different the, weapons and just yeah. the fighting. It's it's very anime style, but I just say it's a it's it's kind of a shonen show kind of, but it's a little more it's got some comedy basis to it. Yeah. It's got some smart writing. So it's a uh, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, it's very funny, but but it's pretty much like a an action adventure show. Not really an adventure, but more of an action show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the action sequences, they're so good. They're I, really well directed, especially for like the budget that they had at that time. To like yes, everything it didn't matter because of how well everything was directed. Like, I've only seen a few like honestly like one big fight so far i've only seen like the first season but um that was so like that was so top tier for what it for like this little like this small like web series web series that, like, it was so good like yeah i rewind i'm not the type of person that rewinds like fights but like i rewinded it i was like what i'm waiting for that amv i'm waiting for the amv there's probably so I'm many. waiting for that Papa Roach <laughs> Ruby A and B. <laughs> and so, essentially the show is set in the fictional world of Remnant, and young people train to become huntsmen and huntresses to protect the world from these creatures of Grim. Mm -hmm. And those Which are, are the main threat, and they yeah, are very... Those are very kind of freaky to me. Scary, yeah. Like, what exactly? Do you know exa what exactly are they? Like... Um, they're just like these giant creatures. I, it's been a couple years since I've seen the show, but um, there is like a there's like these episodes that'll be like a few minutes of lore, mm -hmm. and I know they've explained. Okay. Everything. So as but honestly, like I, the lore. Yeah. Okay. And so basically, Volume One focuses on intro the introduction of the characters to the story and the school school life and the school the setting and so basically the main the main antagonist of the series is Roman Torchwick he's the guy I think they show him at the beginning yeah 
yeah in the first episode and so basically this show stood out to me because like ruby like if you've if you i guess if you haven't seen any like if you haven't seen anything up from this show the best way to explain it is like it's just like a group of girls with these like ridiculous weapons yes and it's like but it's like really cool <laughs> it's like it's not typical anime fair where they have these like all the characters are very uh, have a lot of varying pers- actual personality and mm-hmm. uh, the dialogue between them is great in real situations whereas yeah. the typical anime that focuses on like you can predict the typical anime like dialogues like so easily a, a bunch of like a bunch of uh, girls with ridiculous weapons yeah like Asterix War and like all these shows that are like uh, trash um yeah, but, 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 but Ruby like, <laughs> but Ruby like stands out because it's it's not trash. It's actually very good. It's not trash, and so Ruby has like a giant scythe, and it's a gun, and it's also like a giant shotgun. So like, it's cool to see that Montium incorporated like weapons into this because like, as we saw from Red versus Blue, like obviously Halo has a ton of like weapon mechanized weapons and stuff yes yes but so it's cool to see that in this and it's also just like she's this like cute girl and she has this gigantic scythe yes and she is the the biggest like she's like little red riding hood mixed with the grim reaper but she's also like laughs for no reason and is complete a complete airhead derpy she's she's a sweetheart but like she's completely airheaded yes She's so, so it's just funny that that contrast of like the red and black clothing mm-hmm. and like the scythe and it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great like combination. And so I haven't like I said, I've only seen the first season, but I know there's like a war. Like so like what's the situation with this war that they're in? Uh without any Without trying to spoil yeah, anything, so I would course, just say the course. I would just say the creatures of Grimm or always posing sort of a threat it does go deeper than that mm-hmm. dealing with characters and mal- malicious intents and just a lot of does it get feelsy or does it stay away from that <laughs> uh so yes nothing <laughs> honestly it stays pretty consistently fun up until the i believe the first two seasons are both consistently pretty fun um, it does eventually get to a point that I didn't think it would actually get to for just a, you know, fun action web web series. So that's interesting because um, I know during the production of the third season, that's when Montiam passed away. Yeah, he, he passed away in third season. Yes, he suffered from a severe allergic reaction during a medical procedure and fell into a coma, and he passed away in 2015. So, but like the show Ruby, the fifth season comes out next month. So it's yeah, like it's still it's the, still going. The show itself is still going, and it's still very well done. So I think, yeah, I think they're doing him proud. So it's interesting that it was pretty. You say it was pretty like fun for the first two. Yeah, seasons. Yeah, the first two seasons were very, but then third season gets very to like I said to a point I just did not see coming like that and I've heard other people say that too so like 
I can't wait to check it out, like, to watch all of it and the new season that's coming out next month. Yep. And they all very good. They're so this see this web series is just so huge. Like like I said, it's Rooster Teeth Productions, and it was on Netflix. But it has transcended its internet status and oh yeah, because they have Blu-ray releases. It's now Mm -hmm. uh, very popular in Japan. There's huge cons. There's huge cons specifically for Ruby. I mean, it's it's very popular now, which is great because it's not something you see very often. Like just this YouTube animated series like get off of YouTube and into other you know forms of media like video games like video games all right I'm just gonna read out a few like stats on the show just some information on the show yeah, you go ahead. and we could just wrap this up wrap it up okay so Ruby like I said, the studio that produced it, it's Rooster Teeth. It's It was online. It released July 5th, 2013. And its creator, Monty Um, wanted a show where he could just like do whatever he wanted to do and have these incredible fight sequences. And he's very talented. Very talented dude. So the team size for this was 15 to 20 at its peak. So this is a very small team working on this. Yep. And the software used was Poser Pro. I think that it was It may used. have been Poser at first, or maybe they changed it to Poser Pro. Well, there's Pro. more. Yeah. At first it was Poser Pro, oh, and okay. then they began using Maya, which is a well-known, like, 3D. And it, and it definitely, you could definitely see the difference. Yes. It, is, it, it looks, it still looks really good, so. They use ZBrush, Soft Image, 3DS Max, After Effects. Oh, hey there. After Effects. I use that sometimes. I don't know how to use things. <laughs> Premiere, Photoshop, and Particle Illusion. But I think for the most part, they probably use Poser Pro and Maya. Yeah. Maya is so expensive. I bet. Anyway, um, that's like what actual you know we got production Pixar. companies use yeah exactly we, we so at first they were not using maya but i'm sure and i'm sure they use it now so if you want to hear us talk about more animations or animated works that i couldn't understand why 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 would you want to do that because we're oh that's we're, right we are awesome we're awesome yeah whoops almost forgot did you yeah, it's okay. Uh, I forget sometimes, too. Um, everyone should know that we are awesome, and we talk about animation. Sometimes we talk about music. Sometimes we talk about both. But this is a podcast, and we just want to talk about things that you guys might not have seen. I think, did we, what did we say? We wanted to talk about Ghost in the Shell next podcast, right? Do was you, it Ghost in the Shell or was it Akira? Yeah. Well, we'll I think we will decide. But we'll Ghost decide. In the Shell, but I think Ghost in the Shell is probably. The I feel like we're gonna talk about both at some point. Yeah. Maybe not next time, but that is what we we will talk about those things. Yeah. A few. I have a few people that want to be um, guest on a podcast, and they hey. want to talk about Evangelion. Oh God! Who 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 who, who is it? I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't want to expose them. Oh, but um, they're about to find out. 
Yeah, so that'll be an upcoming podcast too. I haven't watched that yet, so good I don't. Luck. I don't really want to, no, but you like, don't, but good luck. It's gonna happen. I hate them. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Shout out to Student Media at USC, our multimedia directors here at WUSC, Luke Baker and George Wassel, and our social media coordinator Sydney Patterson. I am Corduroy. And I'm Meta, Meta Simple. And thank you for listening.